Are you looking to make some change this year in your business and maybe your life? If you are, then maybe we should have a chat. You can head on over to speaktopete.com and book in a chat with me and we'll see if we're a right fit. Usually is around improving your communication, improving your process management, and improving your accountability within your business so that we can take away some of the frustration and give you back more freedom. Isn't that why you got into business in the first place? So head on over to speaktopete.com and let's have a chat. I was the worst boss I've ever had working late hours, doing mm-hmm. stuff I wasn't qualified to do, diving in, making up things. And I started looking at it and I thought, I am the worst boss. I am just abusing myself. From that point, I just kind of went back and I said, what would I do? And I actually sat down and every week started having a meeting with myself. From that point, I got back to like developing myself and had to put on that boss mode. And then what I've since done is I have people around me, yeah. other entrepreneurs, other bosses kind of create this council where we're holding each other accountable. For sure. So I have a coach that works with me. I have a ca- pe- other people that hold me accountable. And that's what I've been doing for my clients is a lot of times they rise up and they're just abusing themselves and they do it in the name of taking care of the people yeah. or growing the business. They always have this great altruistic reason of why they're ruining their life. You know, it's fun to step in and help them just back up and just have a little bit of fun with it again. Like, remember, this thing used to be fun. Let's get back to that. Are you making every decision in your business, maybe feeling a little overworked and overwhelmed? Do you ever wish you had someone to go over the big decisions and entrepreneurial choices you had to make? Well, maybe this sounds familiar. Your partner at home doesn't want to hear about business anymore, and your friends don't know what the heck you're talking about. And maybe your team at work, well, even though you have an open door policy, They're not always as open as you'd like them to be. Well, there's good news. I have room for two more one-on-one coaching clients next quarter. And, you know, here's how it works. We'll get together on Zoom either every week or every second week to discuss the strategies and frameworks that will clarify your thinking and advance your business and entrepreneurial life. It's all about the five P's, your promise, your product, your process, your people, and your profit. Once they're better aligned, you'll enjoy a better life and business. Remember, you own your business and it shouldn't own you. It's time to reduce the frustrations and increase the freedoms. So if this sounds interesting, go to simplifyingentrepreneurship.com forward slash call to book a freedom call with me and we'll see if we're a right fit. Hey, it's Pete, and welcome to another edition of the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast, always helping you cut through the chaos of running a business. After all, you own your business, and it shouldn't own you. And today, I had the opportunity to speak with Jake Brown. He's a fellow Business Made Simple certified coach and super interesting guy. Jake, you know, always enjoy my conversations because he has such cool takes on different things. And Jake just finished writing a book, and it's called Leadership, and it's all around the stuff that can happen as a leader. He's got some great stories in the beginning of it and kind of goes through a really cool framework called WIPE that we're going to dig into here on the conversation today. So let's dig into it now with Jake Brown. Jake Brown, it is a pleasure to have you here on the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a while been looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, we've known each other for a year and a half or so now and have some back-end conversations around being business-made simple coaches and all of that sort of stuff. And I always love your takes. You've got a very unique mind. And I was excited to learn 
that you're writing a book and really excited to share some of those things around the book today on the podcast. Looking forward to it. I've always enjoyed our time together. I always learn stuff and then it's processing it and figuring it out and taking in the other information. And I love the way that you pull out things out of people. Like you always push me a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> to where it's like, I'm uncomfortable to where I learn, to where I grow, to where I have to change something about what I'm doing to be better. Thanks, man. I, I think we have mutual respect, which is a really cool, cool sure. thing. And I'm also in that boat. And that's another thing we share. We're both writing when we're having this recording, writing books. But by the time this releases, you'll have yours released. And it's called Leadership, right? That's right. <laughs> well, fill us in. Where, where does it start? Where did you get this idea for Leadership? Oh, well, the first part, I got the idea from the bad bosses. But the idea, like the actual title came from, um, I was sending an IM to a coworker, like to somebody that was my equal. Yeah. And I said, is, is this going to be another leadership training? Yeah. But it was a typo. <laughs> I actually typed it. I typed leadership and I hit send and it was just so perfect because it was perfectly snarky, sarcastic, but it didn't, I didn't mean for, well, might've been a Freudian slip. I don't know, but uh, it happened and uh, that just kind of stuck with me. And what I did is I just started kind of looking back as I left there and launched out and started my own stuff, sort of my own company and helping people. One thing that I kept coming back to is there are a lot of people that just are stuck and people are complaining about, you know, their jobs and all that. And it all came back to that boss. So I just started sharing some of the stories, trying to empathize and relate with them and help them know what I had done. That has now become a book. It's a, you know, collection of stories on the front end. And then on the back end, it's the framework of my journey through and then how I would mentor people that worked for me kind of when I would do reviews and when I'd help people. Um, and now as I'm coaching people, <laughs> how do I help them look at it? And how to help them process through? Entrepreneurs typically don't have anybody to talk to about this stuff, right? Their wife or husband at home or partner doesn't want to hear about it anymore. Their friends typically don't know what they're talking about because they aren't entrepreneurs, yeah. right? And your team at work is not always as sort of let's say, open with you as you would like, because even though you have an open door policy and you, you want everything to be brought up, you still pay them and they still have some sort of reservations, still the boss. right? So like, who do they talk to and, and, and that sort of stuff? And I think that's an interesting thing too, around this conversation here today about how we can be better bosses and who do we talk to and go to stuff with all of that sort of thing. And one of the things that you, you hit on me earlier was this idea of, you know, you created this because of a bad boss. And who was the worst boss you've ever had, Jake? Yeah, so I've had some really, really great bosses I could talk about. But to be honest, when I went out on my own, I was the worst boss I've ever had. Working late hours, doing mm -hmm. stuff I wasn't qualified to do, diving in, making up things, covering up things that I had messed up, like just round and round. And I started looking at it and I thought, I am the worst boss. I am just abusing myself. From that point, I just kind of went back. And I said, what would I do? And I actually sat down and every week started having a meeting with myself, you know, my weekly planning. And I would pretend that it was like, okay, I'm showing up and I'm doing my weekly check-in with myself. I kind of had this imaginary meeting. From that point, I got back to like developing myself and had to put on that boss mode. And then what I've since done is I have people around me, yeah. other entrepreneurs, other bosses kind of create this council where we're holding each other accountable. For sure. We need somebody to hold that accountability. Yeah. And what I found is, so I have a coach that works with me. I have a, other people to hold me accountable. And that's what I've been doing for my clients is a lot of times they rise up and they're just abusing themselves and they do it in the name of taking care of the people yeah. or 
growing the business. They always have this great altruistic reason of why they're ruining their life for their business. You know, it's fun to step in and help them just back up and just have a little bit of fun with it again. Like, remember, this thing used to be fun. Let's get back to that. I remember, Jake, we were chatting. This is when we first met each other. I think we were chatting a little bit about this idea of putting your modem on a timer and <laughs> and how that would change behavior around working these crazy hours and stuff. Yeah, you, uh, I think you mentioned it on Clubhouse and I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. And like the next week, like I grabbed one out of the garage and I did it. And man, it was frustrating, but it was very obvious how much I was taking advantage of myself and even my wife, like the time that we could have together. Yeah. Just those little things. Like I said, that you challenged me, you'd, do, you'd say something weird, like get a Christmas timer and put your modem on it. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> and I tried it and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize how far out of bounds I had taken myself until, you know, I, I did that. And then it was like, oh, regain, get it back in control. And what do I need to be doing? And when does it need to happen? And when we flip that to leadership, you know, and being a leader, it's an interesting thing because especially over the last couple of years, how much are you as the listener and leader of your business expecting of your team and asking them to do this sort of thing and asking them to be working continuously and asking them to, you know, go out of the way because maybe for a little while that's what was happening because we weren't used to working the way we're currently working and all this other stuff. But maybe it's time to do a little reset on your leadership in order to see, you know, if you're abusing it for yourself, it's one thing, but if you're abusing the relationship with your team, that's going to be detrimental to the business. Even at the, like at the end of the book, I talk about the framework that I put in and I call it wipe. Yeah. It talks about the four different classifications of people. Um, I call them winners, interns, prisoners, and experts. And the idea is like, you are one of those at any given point, you can kind of take a quick assessment, you know, on the scale and figure out what quad do you live in? Like, where are you functioning and how do you, you know, how do you adjust to that? What are the options you have in that space? So the winner, that means you're aligned, the company, the leader, everything you're aligned with what's happening. And at the same time, you're able and allowed to do your job. So mm-hmm. it's a two by two matrix. Able and allowed. So that's the winner. Mm-hmm. So then you come down and say, uh, the intern, well, you're aligned and you're super happy and everything, but you're not able to do it or you're not allowed to do it. So the idea, I like to think of this as um, it's the interns, what I call it, but it's the puppy. You yeah. get excited and you pee all over the kitchen floor. <laughs> like, that's what you do. And the problem with the intern is they really have to become a super fan and fan the flames of the leader's ego, or really they got the crosshairs on their back. Because when something goes wrong, they're going to get thrown under the bus. Um, you just have to be careful and know that that's where you are and you can make choices to grow from that point, because if you become able or good at your job, then you can rise into that winner space. Like that's a point where you're the team player and you're pulling people with you. Or if something, you know, happens and you shift down into prisoner mode, like if you get thrown under the bus, you're a prisoner. That's what happens there. You get pushed there or, you know, just leave. If you get to the point where you're like, I can't get better. I'm not allowed to get better. There's always the option to jump ship, find another cause that you can be a part of and move forward. Now, if you're leading the company, that that may not be possible. It, well, it's always possible. It may not be the best idea. Yeah. But I like to say, look for yourself, wipe yourself. And then if you're in a leadership position, think of your people. Where are they? Wipe them. It's just like being a parent. You got a little kid that's potty training. Sometimes you got to wipe them. You know, you just yeah. go through. Where are they? Place them on that scale. And I used to do this during uh, reviews. I have an employee and I'd be doing the review. I'd figure out where are they? And I talked to him about it. Here are your options. Yeah. This is how we can move forward, get you out of this, you know, stuck in the space. The thing is, you have to be self-aware of where you are. 
And then when you're talking with other people, they have to be the one who make the choice. You can't, you can't drag them somewhere else. And that was a big lesson I had to learn. You can overlay the whole model onto any person, right? Whether any person in the organization and just use it as a regular sort of ongoing thing. What do you suggest once every quarter? Are you doing that or sort of every year? It's, it's sort of a conversation that you want to have with them, aligning them with the actual, which one they are. Then how do you take them to the next area? Like, do you have the conversation around, okay, you're here, where do you want to be? And how are we going to get you there? Is that the uh, transition? So the idea with, with the white frame, everybody needs to be in winter. That's where they need to be heading. That's the direction. I think you have to be doing it at least quarterly. Cool. This episode of the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast is brought to you by Shootopia.ca. We're always helping our clients look great and feel fantastic. With the heat, you can free your feet with some of the awesome sandals from names you know and love like Birkenstock, Keen, and Mephisto. Of course, we have you covered for the casual and athletic needs too. Guests like you are at the very heart of Shootopia. Stop in for a visit or drop in on Shootopia.ca. We're currently only shipping to Canadian addresses. I think a year's way too long. I think quarterly is good. I think monthly is a bit much because you don't have a lot of time to get traction to get habit in. Yeah. I think you should have conversations monthly for sure, but you're kind of reassessing you know, quarterly for sure. But the idea is everybody should be moving toward winter, but there are different paths to get there. And I say there's basically three options in each quadrant. As you're moving through and I'm talking to other people, I don't really ask where they want to be. Okay. I always say, what does it take us to get to winter? And sometimes like say you're a prisoner from prisoner, you would either have to slide into intern, then winter, or you slide to expert and then winter. And I'm like, okay, we're going toward winter. Are you going to align with us? Or are you going to increase your skill first? Yeah. Like which one are you going to do? And then I make them tell me what that is going to be. And I say, okay, will that get us the results that we want? Cause it's this whole process was about me having a bad boss that wasn't investing in me. And I found out how to invest and start to grow kind of self-discipline and then find people around me that I could almost have virtual mentors and move through the system myself. And then what I've done is I've pushed this back on people who've worked for me where it's like, I'm going to stand in front of you and show you the path, but you are the one who has to take every step along the way because that's how I learned and it worked for me. And I've now left and other people have taken this system and they're training people below them. So I'm like, well, we're on to something here. Yeah. Awesome. And it's pretty simple. Like I said, it's a two by two grid. Yeah. And, and I've had the opportunity to read a couple of the stories and I know you have so many great stories in your, in your book, but the one that sort of you just alluded to about how your journey uh, around there, which is chapter one, why don't you give us a little taste of that story and, and get them into the book a little bit and why you came up with that? Yeah. So the first, you know, 20 chapters are a little bit memoir. They are snapshots of things that happened. Um, The names are, you know, changed to protect the innocent and guilty. And as you're going through, it talks about me walking in on my first day at this agency. So I walk in and I meet a guy and he introduced himself as Huck. And then I said, Hey, I'm the new guy. I'm here. Is the boss here? Oh, the boss isn't here today. He was actually out golfing. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice. What do I do? It's my first day. He said, I don't know. So he asks another guy and they don't know what to do with me. So he walks off and they come back and they tell me to read a binder. And that's it. That's what I did, honestly, for the first week is I sat at a desk and read a binder. And it's just this really quiet, stale headphones on. People aren't talking. um, Very uncomfortable, robotic place. 
And I am an Enneagram seven. I'm an extrovert. I need to engage with people. Yeah. So I noticed the one place that people are engaging and actually smiling is like in the kitchen. So at lunch and people are refilling the water. So I'm popping up to go hang out with them and try to interact with them any way I can. Then it just kind of went from there out into the hallway. And one day uh, this guy is coming out and in the book, his name's Huck. And he comes out of the bathroom and I'm walking to the bathroom and I just point at him, you know, like, you know, little kids shoot a gun and uh, he covers his heart and hits the wall. And I'm from there. It's just like a little kid in me just like erupts. And we created this game that when you see somebody in the hallway or the elevator, you attack them. Like it's a hallway assassin is what we named it. Yeah, and we're just, assassin. For, yeah, for two years we go on and we're just like in the office, you know, we're machines in the office, but then we come to life in the hallway. It's so fun. And then it goes down to the parking garage and all over the place. But I mean, there's like dart guns and we got, you know, giant squids and krakens dragging people out, and, you know, down to Davy Jones locker. So it's, it's pretty fun to hear how that all unfolds and everything at the end of that chapter, the thing that I really noticed, because I, I did end up getting caught one day, as that all wraps up, I realized that, like, we've resulted to, like, playing in the hallway and pretending to kill each other just so that we can know each other, so that we can overlap and have that connection. And that was one of the first things that, in my mind, I thought, this isn't right. <laughs> like, the leader is, like, crushing the spirit and the culture in this environment. That's a quick rundown of the story. Yeah, I think I it's written that. better than I just told it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story. And I thought it was fun. I wanted to share it here too. And, you know, it overlaps one of the sort of my frameworks around people at work want clarity, confidence, and community. And that's this thing around building the right community, right, Jake? This whole story is around this community. Right. And it's an important part of leadership is building the right community for your team so that it can be successful and grow. And and so can your business and so can you as a leader. That's right. Yeah. And uh, what's funny is, so I had fun in the hallway and we we're just being goofy. Being, I mean, really, it's like little kids out there, but we're having, we have fun, but that fun caused community. Yeah. And then since we had community, it actually, I've gone back and there's a quote by Anne Frank that I love. And it says, a happy person will make other people happy. Yeah. And it says, no one who has faith and courage will die in misery. And I mean, her level is way deeper. But if you take that into work, like a happy person will make others happy and no one will die who has faith, you know, faith and courage. And I think about that. I'm like, you shouldn't be miserable. No. If you have those things. So it's like that fun starts that community and that spark of joy, which can then lead to the communities can gather together that gives you hope. And then from hope, somebody has the courage to step up and lead. And that's where growth happens. And then eventually more people start following that path. Like I said, for me, it all started accidentally. I mean, it's kind of how I was wired. Like fun is how I survive. Like you said, that that community is important. Otherwise, in my white method, that expert is the person who's great at their job, but they're not aligned with anybody else. They're in a silo. Yeah. They're leaving. Yep. There's no reason to be there. And it is it is very lonely in that quad. Yeah, it is. And and nobody wants lonely these, especially these days. Well, nobody ever does, but yeah. it's 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 a bad place to be and a bad place to have as the culture of your business. For sure. Thanks so much for sharing uh, your stories and the white method. You've re recently released the book, so I want everybody to know how they can get a hold of a copy and how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can either reach me and learn more about the book. Uh, get the book, it's at leadershipthebook.com. Awesome. And if people are looking to get a hold of you socially, where's the best platform for them to reach you there? 
Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Jake Brown, right? On LinkedIn. Yep. You search for Jake Brown. I'm the one with the red beard. Sweet. Yeah. I used to have one. Now it's white. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Jake. It's been a pleasure. It's been a blast, Pete. All right, man. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jake. He's such a cool guy. What can you put into action around the stories and the take and the conversation today? You know, he talked about injecting fun in your business. Of course, the two by two framework, the wipe model around being a winner and intern and prisoner and experts and how we take everybody, as he calls it, up to the winner box as leaders. Such interesting things. And I liked this concept around being able and allowed. And that's a big thing that we talk about a lot in my coaching programs around accountability. We didn't get into it in the conversation today, but the idea around the word responsible, you have to be able to respond. And that's part of being a leader and being given accountability. So some really cool stuff. If you'd like a little bit more information on my coaching programs, you can just go to speaktopete.com. That's speak to Pete dot com where you can book in a zoom call with me to discuss turning your wants into wins it's time to simplify your business and your life as a leader and until next time make it a great day an ironic media production visit us at ironic media.com